This NFL Week 6 Player Props edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is, has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100x your money. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in game in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Choose promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com using promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're giving away $3,000 in our NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. Free to enter. Just go to sportsgalingpodcast.com slash survivor. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, October the 13th, currently 108 on the East Coast. Here to get into our NFL Week 6 player props for the Sunday games. We'll recap what we saw on Thursday Night Football very, very briefly. And we'll, like I mentioned, get into our player props for Week 6 and throw out our touchdown Score props as well. But joining me, I got my guys here with me, the hardest working gentleman in the sports betting industry. First, I got my guy here with me, Rod Via Gomez. Rod, how's it going, my friend? Going great. I'm so glad we got that Thursday night game out of the way. Just from a sheer fan standpoint, that was a, that was about as Thursday night as you could get on this one. So happy to be moving on to Sunday and putting this one in the rear view. Yeah, um, I think there's a growing consensus within football fans or maybe majority of football fans to probably just to scrap the entire Thursday night football game. I, I think I think we're all in agreement about that here, but um, I don't think they're going to be uh, doing that. And a lot of and again, it's not on national TV. It's on uh, it's just a dollar thing, but I don't want to get into the business side of, of, the, of, of, of what transpires on Thursday night football. But like I mentioned, I've got. The also hardest working man in the sports betting industry, knee deep in NBA right now. Me and him cannot definitely not wait for the NBA season to start. It's my man, Crispy Cabot. Chris, how's it going, my friend? What's up, Rod? What's up, Munoff? Uh, excited to be back on the show, man. I think the the easiest way to describe uh, my, my level of excitement is just going back to what Rod said. Thank God that Thursday night football game is over. <laughs> That was that was that was putrid. Uh, you know, my eyes almost started to bleed. But I'm I'm excited for the I'm excited for the rest of the game. So uh, excited to you know be here and do the show with you guys. Hopefully we can uh, stay hot and give out some more winners, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, not really much to talk about. I mean, I told you guys offline. I probably watched maybe five minutes of the game last night. I saw the score at half. It was what thirteen nothing in favor of the Chiefs. I was like, I'm not even sure. Are um, are the Denver Broncos even to score two touchdowns, uh, let alone one touchdown uh, in the second half. They did score one, uh, made things, I guess, slightly interesting. But at the end of the day, we know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense knows how to close the door uh, when they have the ball because 
if you're expecting to go three and out in a situation against the Chiefs and thinking you're going to get the ball back, you might want to uh, rethink uh, your plans because uh, more times than not, you are not going to get the football back against that Kansas City Chiefs offense. They did get the ball back. I will say that for Denver, but um, it was it turned into a two position game. And then lo and behold, for a second consecutive week, the game ends on a fumble for the uh, Denver Broncos, so not much to add there. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts you want to add, but I think one question we may have to discuss here, and I think we'll probably talk about this more throughout the season, is do we see Russell Wilson in a Denver Broncos uniform next season as a quarterback for this team here, Rod? How can you at this point? You've given him all the rope you can give him. You've given him, you know, decent enough pass catching opportunities. You've given him a good running back now. And it's, I mean, what more can he show you at this point? And and I know that he's not necessarily the oldest quarterback in the bunch, but it's not getting any younger. And and those those beats and those bangs that he's taking right now are going to take their toll on him. And I mean, if you're Denver, you tip your cap and say, okay, well, we gave you a chance. And it's not panning out. Now, if he turns it on the rest of the season and all of a sudden plays out of his ass, then sure. But at this point, if it, it continues the way it's continuing now, I don't know that any team can touch him at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, what just from a pure draft compensation, what the Denver Broncos gave up, not only to bring in Russell Wilson, but also uh, their head coach, Sean Payton. But I don't know what's going on with Den uh, or sorry with Russell Wilson uh, and I, I mean throwing the Denver Broncos there as well. It just has not been very pretty. I mean, when I when we talked about this team that they were a quarterback away because of the offensive weapons that they did have between Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I know they've dealt with Pat uh, with Tim Patrick being injured, uh, KJ Hamler being injured as well, but. I don't know if it's there's something that's going on in the locker room or whatever the case might be. I'm sure the story will come out eventually, but uh, it's just not very pretty right now if you are a Denver Broncos uh, fan. Chris, anything to add about Russell Wilson's future in Denver, just his Denver team overall? I know we talked about our volumes on Thursday, but I mean, after last night, you just you're you're just shaking your head. Yeah, not, nothing more to add. I think Rod Rod hit the nail on the head. I mean, like, what else could you give him? Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you're not going to have yeah. like everything at the same time. Yeah. Now you have a you know a more competent head coach in Sean Payton. Last year, you had a better defense, but I mean, you got to take some onus yourself eventually and, you know, kind of look in the look in the mirror. And I think that it may be that time. And I like Russ, you know, overall, he's had a really good career. We know what he did in Seattle, but yeah, it's probably time to hang him up. It feels like and I, I'm not sure how long this marriage lasts, uh, because at this point, you just bought in Sean Payton. So you're probably not going to get rid of him. Yeah, you probably just change the quarterback. So, yeah, that's all I had. Yeah, I think that. uh if not this year, maybe next year, maybe the last year for Russell Wilson, and maybe he makes the transition over to uh, to uh, to the booth like Tony Romo did. But I, th- I think he would be good in that spot. But, I mean, there might be just something that we don't know about going on with Russell Wilson and maybe just within that Denver Broncos organization. It's all hearsay right now. But just not, at least from a football perspective right now, what we're seeing on the field, just not very good right now for the Denver Broncos, especially defensively. Uh, all right, gentlemen, before we get into our NFL Week 6 player props, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long and underdog has just introduced scorchers go five for five and pick them scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout and for a limited time underdog is sending their first deposit bonus of up to 500 so if you haven't already signed up for underdog fantasy 
you're missing out because again, like that, like I said, that limited time offer is going to expire. Instead of a hundred dollar bonus on your first deposit, they're giving you up to five hundred dollars in bonus plus. 100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win 10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And we sign up, like I mentioned, with using promo code SGPN. That's when you get that uh, your uh, bonus of up to $500 on that first deposit. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. Stay tuned uh, till the end of the episode here. We'll put together a underdog entry for NFL Week 6. And we're also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has taken a step up from Halloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped, all new handyman, is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using promo code SGP for 20% off plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people away with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped Handyman. If you're tired of using a bad razor, making your neckline look like a scary movie with Handyman's skin safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. Whether it's wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane's friendliness makes this the best travel tool for on-the-go, and being able to shave up to three days' growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolfman like myself with a little more scruff, Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you your hair 20 uh, hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So you don't have to shuffle through and uh, change out those clips. Nope, it's all in one. So to take advantage of this, to get 20% off and free shipping, make sure to use promo code SGP at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using that promo code SGP. For a, for a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. All right, gentlemen, let's get into our NFL Week 6 player props for the Sunday games. Uh, Chris, why don't you lead us off, my friend? Let's start at that quarterback position. I got a matchup that I absolutely love, uh, and that is going to be Cincinnati Bengals playing against the Seattle Seahawks at home, <clears throat> coming off a pretty good game from Joe Barrow. And I'm looking back, right back at the guy. Looks like he may have found something. Uh, pass attempts, 37 and a half. It's high. It's high for a reason. Passing yards, you actually can get this at 272 and a half, which is absolutely insane. Absolute bargain there. I do expect that number to increase, which is why if you listen to the show early, you can get some of these numbers before they increase on Sunday morning when you're making your last bets, right? So going through, you know, whichever one you want to play, I'm probably going to play them both. Joe has three He has three games this season of 40 passing attempts already, including last week against the Arizona Cardinals where he had 46 pass attempts. This offense has also, like I mentioned, it got clicking against that, that, that Cardinals defense. Joe had a, um, his best game of the season, throwing for 317 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, we know Jamar Chase thinks that he's always open. We know that, right? Yep. I think we should expect the same thing from the Seattle defense, uh, from from a, a tough Seattle rush defense. Seattle actually is only giving up 3.2 yards per carry on the ground, which is the, actually the best in the league. They've allowed just 
uh, the six fewest rushing yards per game at just 87 and a half. <laughs> and guess what? Joe Burrow's like, I don't care. I, I, don't, I wasn't planning on using Mixon in this position anyway, right? Um, their pass defense, though, you know, we absolutely can be taken advantage of. Teams are passing 62% of the times against the, uh, of their plays um, versus this Seattle defense, which is the eighth most, and get nearly seven yards per pop as well, which is bottom 10 for uh, this Seattle defense also. Most importantly, opponents are passing the ball 41 times per game against Seattle, which is the most in the league. Um, you look at Cincinnati, they're passing 66% of the time which is third most in the league, 39.6 uh, attempts per game, which we could round up to 40, which is the fourth most. The number is high, like I said, but it's high for a reason. Joe Burrow might throw the ball 45 times against his defense. And he might throw for 350 yards. So give me Joe Burrow in a spot where I think Mixon may struggle a little bit, but I like Joe Burrow. I just I can't, I can't decide which one I like more, the passing attempts or the yards. But the number being at 272 is absolutely insane. Uh, in a game where, you know, at least he goes for 300 yards. In the passing attempts, 37 and a half, I think he finishes with at least 40. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned it here. I, I'm, I'm not completely sold. I know that the Seahawks got a lot of reinforcements back in that secondary uh, with, you know, uh, Weatherspoon, who missed, I think he missed week one, but he was back. Jamal Adams, I was dealing with the, uh, the quad injury and then the concussion protocol. We saw the video and all that stuff, but... I mean, you mentioned it there, Chris, that it may be that Joe Burrow found something. Um, I know we're, we've talked a lot about the calf injury and how that may have been, been affecting him, at least early on. But I think as the weeks kind of go by, um, maybe it's getting a little bit better at a time, maybe not completely getting healthy, but again, a little bit at a time, right? And again, he's having to adjust the way that he's playing, dealing with that calf injury as well. And like you mentioned, Jamar Chase last week. Just absolutely went bananas against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But if you look for this Bengals team, this is a huge game this week because on deck they have the 49ers in San Francisco next week, and then the following week they welcome Buffalo Bills to town. So this is a must-win game for the Seattle Seahawks. So I mean, sorry, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, I think it starts and stops with Joe Burrow. So, yeah, uh, I can definitely get behind this here, Rod. I feel like he woke up last week. I feel like now he's he's realizing that it's the, this youth, this this uh, – the success that he had early on, it, it, it's not sustainable unless you can keep doing it. And I think he figured that out, you know, and I know it's cliche to say, well, you can't have success if you don't have success. But if you have success early, sometimes you think it's always going to be there. And when you fall on hard times, you got to wake up to it. And I think he's finally waking up to it. So, um, yeah, I think better days are ahead for Joe Burrow. I think he'll be OK. Um, and especially in this spot, too, it's very favorable for him. Yep, 100 uh, percent. All right, Rod, take us over to your uh, first player. Prop. What do you got? Speaking of quarterbacks, taking on my 49ers, PJ Walker suiting up uh, for the uh, for his team. I'll tell you right now, this is this is sad for P. I feel bad for PJ. He's going to get thrown into the fire. Uh, right, right. Did you right? Did you bet his uh, interceptions over three and a half? No. Is that <laughs> okay. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you might have altered it. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Oh, I was might as well take his take his sacks up to ten for Joey Bosa. That's that's insane. Um, no, but listen for, for PJ Walker, his touchdown total is set at 0.5 and, and I get it. I, I completely 100% understand that that is like not even throwing a touchdown pass, but the dude only has, but a handful of touchdowns in his entire career, let alone anything against the 49ers. He's played one time against the Niners only attempted like six passes. Uh, but you know, he doesn't have a touchdown pass against them. It's just for PJ, he's in a tough spot. 
he's in a, a spot against a 49ers defense that has only allowed uh, a one quarterback to throw more than two, one touchdown, right? Every, every quarterback except for Daniel Jones has thrown a, a touchdown against him. But I mean, that was Kenny Pickett in week one, kind of get him by surprise there. Matthew Stafford in week two, of course, you get that. Uh, Dobbs threw two against him. He was the only one. And then Dak Prescott. This is PJ Walker. I love the XFL. I love the Houston uh, uh, Roughnecks. I really do. 100% sold on him in the XFL. But as an NFL quarterback, he has been a backup 100,000%. And so I don't see that changing at all for him. Like I said, he's got five total touchdowns in his career. He threw three last season as a backup. But you expect this guy to come in against the toughest defense uh, in the league at home, I wait. They're at home. I think. I, I, yeah, yeah. Cleveland's at, at home. home. Yeah, Cleveland's at home. It's still going to be a rough, a rough go for them. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think PJ Walker's not going to throw a touchdown pass because, listen, this Browns offense hasn't thrown very many touchdown passes, anyways. Let alone PJ Walker. So, give me his under. This is actually a plus money, plus one hundred two over on Caesars. Yeah, I mean, you also take a look at this game. It, it's going to be ugly weather as well. I think something similar that we see will. What we saw in week one uh, between the Bengals and the um, the Browns, obviously. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if I see a similar final score here, a 24-3 victory for the uh, San Francisco 49ers in this game. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough sledding here for P.J. Walker. I've been a fan of him, like you mentioned, in the XFL and the short stint that he's had in the NFL. But when you're going up against one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in the entire National Football League, uh, points are definitely going to be at a premium in this game. Let's not get, let's not get it twisted here. So um, how this Brown score is, is it definitely going to be a mystery, uh, uh, at least scoring touchdowns here. But, yeah, I think that, you know, it's going to be a very, very long day for P.J. Walker in this game uh, against the San Francisco 49ers here, uh, Chris. Yeah, short and sweet. Um, you said mystery, you know, and they might not even score. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, or it might just be field goals, and, and that's realistic against the San Francisco defense, and that's all I like. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll get over to my first player prop here, sticking to the quarterbacks here. I'm going to go with – I'm going to take uh, a page out of, of uh, Chris's book here, and this is why we do the, the, the prop cast here. Good to learn from each other. And, you know, Chris absolutely nailed Bryce Young last week uh, with the uh, completions – uh, and I took the attempts on him last week uh, as well. So I'm going to go back to Bryce Young here. Uh, again, I'm giving credit here, a lot of the credit here to Chris. But they're going up against the Dolphins here. Double-digit underdogs in that game. And when we talk about game script, it's going to be something similar to, um, I mean, what we've seen the Panthers be in this season, right? So currently right now, Bryce Young, they did adjust his pass completions to up to 22 and a half. I know last week goes at 20 and a half. Um, they're going up against the Dolphins this week. And again, the Panthers are going to be probably trailing by multiple positions where you can't run the football at that point. You have to throw the football. So over the last two weeks, uh, Bryce Young has completed at least 25 passes in each of the last two games. And if you take a look at the four of the five quarterbacks that have faced the Miami Dolphins this season, four of those quarterbacks have gone over this projection of 22 and a half completion. So a simple game script here for me. I don't think the running game will be able to do a lot against this Miami Dolphins de- uh, defense. Um, Bryce Young, again, we saw last week that Daniel Jones, especially with that offensive line, wasn't able to do much. But I have a little bit of more faith in this Panthers um, offensive line to give Bryce Young some type of time. But I think that the completions are going to be there here for Bryce Young, where, again, he might be in that realm of throwing the ball 
35 plus times for sure, getting that range of 40 again, I think. So I think for him to get 23 completions here, I don't think is too far-fetched, especially in a, in a game script where I'm expecting a lot of passing from the Panthers offense. So I'll take the uh, uh, over 22 and a half completions here for Bryce Young here, Chris. And I will most likely be right back there. I hadn't even checked this one out, you know, but I'll probably be right there with the pass attempts over as well. 34 and a half, you mentioned, he probably going to end up throwing the ball 35 times. And it, 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 to me, it's just a repeat, right? It's rinse and repeat because they, they won't be able to run the ball. Also, uh, you know, kind of breaking news. I think it happened maybe 25 minutes before we started the show. It looks like Tupper Herbert's going to get a lot of those, a, lot, a bulk of those carries because Miles Sanders also ruled out. So they, you, when you talk about, if, if throwing, if getting thrown in the fire was, was a picture in the definition, you could just look at you could just look at Bryce Young in this offense in his rookie year so far. So yeah. uh, there's no way I can argue that, you know. Uh, right, thoughts on Bryce Young. So his average throw throwing yards is 5.2 yards per per attempt. So you know he's throwing it closer to the line of scrimmage. He's not trying to air it out deep. So that lends itself to being a better completion percentage because you're not trying the deep shot every yeah. you know every three or four throws. So yeah, for that, that just means that he's going to throw a lot of short, safe passes, which means a lot of completions. So I like that. All right. Before we get into round two of our player props, uh, SGPN's feeling a little bit of generous. You know, if you've already been kicked out of your survivor pool, well, here's your second chance to uh, kind of redeem yourself after what's transpired over the first five weeks of the regular season. So like I mentioned, if you've already been knocked out of your NFL survivor pool, don't worry. We here at SGPN, we've got you covered with the SGPN Second Chance Survivor presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. It's $3,000 up for grabs. Winner takes all. It starts NFL Week 7, so not Week 6, but the following week. So there's plenty of time for you to guys to get involved. It kicks off not this Sunday, not NFL Week 6, but NFL Week 7. Um, so all you got to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor again sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate, for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with the Hall of Fame bets to craft a more intelligent data-driven parlay. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Again, start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, let's get into round two of our player props here. Uh, Rod, why don't you lead us off this time? All right, I'm going to turn to the weakened uh, my, my Minnesota Vikings receiving core, and I'm going to take, I was almost going to say Miami Dolphins. They're not weak at all. Uh, Minnesota Vikings receiving core. Uh, I'm going to take KJ Osborne. His receiving yards are set low, so I'm going to bump them up. I'm going to bump them up alt receiving yards to 60 or more. I like the number at plus 225 over on DK. Look, everybody on that team now in that wide receiving core gets a promotion, instant promotion with Justin Jefferson out, right? And if you look at it, Addison and Osborne, they're not that far apart in targets, right? I mean, it's like 26 to 29. It's not that far apart. Now, granted, it's Jefferson with, I mean, it's uh, uh, Addison with the decidedly uh, more receiving yards than Osborne, but it's not really that far apart for them. Um, So far, Osborne has 13 catches for 116 yards. 
He's averaging 33.2, which, I mean, honestly, let's be honest, 33.2 for a fourth on the list uh, pass catcher, right? Because he was behind Jefferson. He was behind Addison. Um, he was behind Hawkinson. So, like, he came in as the fourth guy on the on the totem pole as far as pass catching. For 33.2, that's not too bad. Uh, so it's not going to be that hard for him to get 60, I think, now that he's the number two wide receiver out there. And and look, this uh, Vikings offense, they're averaging 240 passing yards per game, which is pretty pretty uh, substantial. To a Chicago defense that's allowing 286 yards in the air per game, second to last in the league, they're getting thrown on all over the place. So... I would definitely uh, think that 60 yards is in the grasp of KJ Ajibar. And let's let's face it, Addison is still questionable, right? I mean, I haven't seen any update on him. Granted, I know he's probably going to play, but are they going to try to not use him up, right? Are they going to give Osborne a few more looks to just try to keep Addison from getting injured as well? You can't lose two wide receiver ones. So you, you got to take care of the guys you got. So I'm going to take uh, KJ Osborne. 60 or more receiving yards plus 225 on DraftKings. Yeah, there was a way that I wanted to attack this game as well. Obviously, when you uh, have a, a, a receiver, uh, the caliber type of receiver that Justin Jefferson is, that you know that multiple guys are going to be able to feast uh, in the in this game. Uh, I mean, when we just if you just kind of look at the pure numbers of what Justin Jefferson was doing over the course of the first four weeks of the regular season before he did get hurt last week in NFL or uh, in the week five. Um, plenty of guys are going to have that opportunity to eat. So I also looked at this game and also I, I went with TJ Hawkinson and I, I, I guess I kind of chose a safer guy here. Um, but I feel like for TJ Hawkinson, like he's been the second most consistent guy as far as getting targets. I know there was one game against the Carolina Panthers where he only had three uh, targets. He did have two receptions for 24 yards in that game. But outside of that, in the other four games there, guys, he's had at least eight targets uh, in those games. He's had at least five receptions in those four games as well, receiving yards of 51, 78, 66, and 35. So I, I was contemplating on whether taking his receiving yards to go over at 54 and a half for TJ Hawkinson or just playing his receptions at over five and a half. And I think I came down on the side of the receptions here at five and a half, because we talk about Kirk cousins. And again, if that deep shot is not there with Jordan Addison is probably that guy It's going to be a lot of check downs to guys like TJ Hawkinson. So at even money for TJ Hawkinson, for me at over five and a half receptions, I, I, I took it that way. But again, Everything that Rod mentioned there is that you go up against the Bears rush, uh, sorry, this rush, uh, their sorry, their pass defense. That's not very good. I know they've been pretty good against the tight end position, but it's just a void that that Justin Jefferson leaves with the targets, the yardage, and the receptions. And I think that multiple guys are going to be able to feast in that. So you may see multiple guys, guys like KJ Osborne, if Jordan Addison plays in this game as well, and TJ Hawkinson, that you know they're going to be going over their projections here, which I do think this might be a higher scoring game than people think here. So I'll go with TJ Hawkinson over five and a half uh, receptions, even money currently over on DraftKings here, uh, Chris. Yeah, I couldn't talk either one of you guys off. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys give you analysis, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I might end up having to take both of those <laughs> because TJ Hawkinson is the safer route, like you said, you know, and we do expect him his 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 target shares to go up. But also, ride at the plus two, what was that, right, 245? Like, how can you not 
like put, you know, uh, maybe even a smaller amount, you know, whatever your unit size is, you break it up just a tad bit because uh, we're don't, let's not be too confused o- over how good the Chicago Bears defense is. It's not as good as what we saw last Thursday against against my commanders. It's not that great at all. So let's not let's not get that too confused. But uh, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is is bound to light this light this uh you know this defense up even without you know his his the the, the quote unquote best receiver in the NFL. So I would I I, I like that you guys kind of split it up and and maybe I'll split my my unit on both of you guys' plays until because. I, I enjoyed the analysis, and uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, all right, Chris, take us over to your second player prop, man. What do you got? So enough with the overs. Uh, it's time to go to some unders. And, uh, yeah, as you know, I, I like making my money there. Uh, Rashad White this week. I know that this, this number is actually dropped. I capped this one yesterday. It was 50 and a half. I'll get an updated number um, here here soon. But um, I'm going to under under his, his uh, 50 and a half rushing yards. We Twice out of four games, he's ran for – 59 yards already this season, but once came against the Chicago defense that we just talked about. And he did have a good game against the Saints, which the Saints are one of the better run-stopping defenses as well. But I'm I'm not too worried about it in this spot because I, I'm just such a believer, I guess, in Dan Campbell and that Detroit defense that I'm just targeting the, the opposing team's running back every single week and, and looking for their unders. Um, you look at, you look at uh, White. He's only averaging just 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, on the season, 51 and a half uh, yards overall on the season. Uh, so this bet is for him not to get his average. And you look at Detroit's defense, they're not giving up. Pe- people aren't getting their averages against Detroit. Uh, Tampa also rushes the ball just 29 times per game. Uh, wh- while they do rush the ball 29 times per game, which does rank 10th, um, they're only getting three yards per, per pop, which actually ranks dead last. And they only rushing for 87 yards per game as well, which ranks 25th. So they're not running the ball well at all. You look at that Detroit defense that I've been been cashing with throughout the entirety of the season so far, um, their rush defense just continues to be stout. They're allowing just 3.3 yards per rush, which is third in the league, uh, just 20 rushes per game for the opponent, which is the third fewest, and just 68 yards per game overall uh, on the ground, which is also the third fewest. So you know, if you're the Lions, I think you make Baker Mayfield beat you in, in with his arm and maybe with his legs. But they, they've just been too making me too much money not to continue to back this defense, even on the road in a game that I kind of feel like it's a short line as well. I, I'm, I'm a believer in Dan Campbell and these Detroit Lions until they make me not to be. So give me give me Rashad White uh, under his 50 and a half rushing yards. Like I said, I'll find an up, uh, uh, updated number because I think this one did change just a tad bit. Uh, I do see a 45 and a half at DraftKings. Maybe you find a better number than that uh, if you are playing the under. But, I mean, yeah, it's something that you discussed last week, right, with Miles Sanders uh, going up against a Detroit Lions rush defense who has been one of the better ones in the entire uh, NFL this season. So um, I I think for this rushing attack, it's probably going to be pretty much non-existent because of the case that, again, the numbers and the handicap that Chris just gave for, for Rashad White and that Buccaneers offense. I think the one pivot that you might want to do if you want to look at an over for rushing yards is probably going to be Baker Mayfield, like you mentioned there, because he hasn't been afraid to run the football uh, through the first four uh, games of the regular season here. So, yeah, can't argue against that. Uh, Rod, any thoughts on uh, Rashad White to go under? Ah, boy, Tampa Bay sure wishes they had a running game. I mean, I, I know they probably miss Leonard Fournette. Well, no, they don't, but they miss somebody. They, they need somebody to run the ball in that offense. And I know... Baker at some point is going to become Baker again. And 
uh, this team's going to start to falter. So I'm waiting for it. And if it doesn't happen, then good on, on Baker. But I think it's going to happen. All right, let's get into player prop number three. Uh, Rod, lead us off. All right, I've got a head-to-head here that I like. And this is a head-to-head rushing stat or a, a prop that you can find on DraftKings. They've got these head-to-head rushing stats. This is for, it's between Bijan Robinson and Travis Etienne. All right, I, I don't know how they pick these guys. I don't know how they put them together, but I, I, I like it. I'm going to take Bijan Robinson to win this head-to-head matchup by between one and 24 yards. This is at plus 300 over on DraftKings. My my analysis is really just this, okay? I know Bijan has been hit or miss over the season, right? He he had 56 yards in week one, busted out for 124 in week two, came back down to earth in week uh, third in week three for 33, then came back out, had a great game, 105 and 46, right? But it's not as if Travis Etienne has been a whole lot better. He's been more uh, uh, he's been more consistent, right? 77 yards in week one, uh, a dip to 40 in week two, 88, 56, 136. So it's been a lot of back and forth between these guys. But I will say this, that he is going up against Travis Etienne is a Colts defense that just kept Derrick Henry to 43 yards. If you keep the best running back in this generation to 43 yards, good luck, Travis Etienne. I'm sorry, but you are probably not going to uh, get yourself very many yards. Whereas uh, Bijan or Bijan Robinson is going up against a commander's defense that just allowed Khalil Herbert to rush for 76 yards against them. And for the bears as a whole to get 121 yards between their running backs against them. That is a very porous defense right now. Uh, they let the bills get 128 combined rushing yards against them, right? James cook had 98 Latavius Murray even had 15. The ghost of Latavius Murray had 15. So, um, you know, and, and now granted they kept DeAndre Swift about 56 yards, which was probably their one shining, uh, uh, achievement, but this Washington commanders run defense is not good. Whereas the Colts are better than what they're advertised, right? I mean, uh, their, their only really misstep was giving 103 yards up to Kyron Williams, but then who hasn't at this point, uh, for them. So in the week one, obviously, ETN had 77 yards against them, but this Colts defense has sort of stiffened up against the run since then. I don't think Travis ETN is going to have that good of a day. And even if he does have a 77-yard day, I think Bijan Robinson's in for at least uh, a 78-yard day, if not more, against this uh, commander's run defense. Yeah, I mean, I'll hand this over to Chris because he is the Commanders fan. I know we talked we talked a lot about Bijan Robinson already throughout the season, but uh, yeah, what I mean, the defense hasn't been very good. I also have a prop in this game uh, as far as fading the Commanders defense here. But Chris, any thoughts on that? I'll just let you guys continue to fade my Commanders and say I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know I'm just I'm, I'm high on Bijan. I've talked about I cashed on his anytime touchdown last week. I think I've given out his prop a couple times. I was receiving yards over because. Uh, we know they don't throw the ball. You know, they don't try to stretch the, stretch the field at all. And that commander's defense, it's just absolutely we, – we, we got a lot of work to do. That's that's all I'll add. Uh, I guess I'll continue piling on the uh, commander's um, bad defense. And I'm going to go we're, back we're, to – We're that part of the segment? Uh, we're that uh, segment yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's that it's that time, Chris. I'm sorry, man. Uh, get your tissue box out, brother. Uh, but uh, I'm taking Desmond Ritter longest completion over 34 and a half yards there. <laughs> um, so let's go back to week one where they faced the Cardinals. They gave up a 31 um, 
a long completion of 31 to Rondell Moore. Obviously, that didn't get over this number of 34 and a half. But since then, since week two, they've given up a long completion of 60, 50, 35, 59, 37, and 58. Um, last week, we saw what DJ Moore did on Thursday Night Football uh, against this uh, commander's pass defense or lack thereof. Um and I know we've talked about Desmond Ritter a lot as well, right? Where he hasn't had a lot of success uh, getting the yardage as far as his passing yards. Maybe they found something last week. Maybe it was just something that they were fading this uh, secondary of the Houston Texans. That Again, that's not very good right now. It's still a work in progress. But they're also missing Darius Stingley Jr. They're, they're a highly touted draft pick from uh, two seasons ago, or two drafts ago, I should say. Um, but the front seven has been good um, for this Washington Commanders team. The back half of it, not so good. So I'm expecting Desmond Ritter to maybe find either Bijan Robinson to break one out or Drake London. We saw him have a big completion last week. Maybe Kyle Pitts gets into the mix there as well. But I think at least one pass where the theme for four straight weeks has been that these quarterbacks have been able to have a long completion to kind of expose the secondary of the Washington Commanders. I'm gonna, uh, I'll am gonna i stay on that train there up 34 and a half. Longest completion for Desmond Ritter. Um Chris, you had anything else, man? I, you know what? The, the funny thing is, you know, as bad as this is to, to keep talking about how bad this defense is, I'll go back to Ritter. I, I hadn't looked at this, um, you know, but he actually has a, a long completion of 32 and 33 yards in the last two weeks. And if you would have asked me what I thought it was, I would have told you 12 or 11 because that's yeah. how that's how <laughs> I think he throws the ball down the field, right, When I, at least when I'm watching. So I love this number. You, you're literally asking him to, to go out there and do what he has done maybe against – not even maybe against the defense. That's a lot worse. So I would, I would absolutely be there right along with you. You know, if I wasn't a commander fan and you know uh, didn't want to, want to, didn't want to add a, you know quite another bet. Just daggers going into Chris's heart right now. Uh, Chris, player prop number three, my friend. What do we got? Uh, so let's jump on. Uh, let's jump on a Swift D. That's not Taylor. Let's do, let's go to DeAndre. DeAndre Swift. Uh, I like him. I like his rush attempts this week. Numbers fourteen and a half. Uh, Minus it's a little juice, minus one twenty-five on bet, bet MGM, but I would this is one I would play at 15 and a half as well. Uh and this is it's game script wise, right? I feel like I got the script for this game. You look at DeAndre Swift, he has at least 15 carries uh in three of the last four games, including 17 last week against the Rams defense uh in LA. The Eagles are rushing the ball more times than any other team in the league, 36 times per game. And like I said, it kind of just sets up for the perfect game script, especially against a poor defense. Uh, in the New York Jets. The New York Jets have a really good defense, but it's not as good against the, against the rush as it is against the pass. You look at the Jets' defense, they actually rank bottom seven. I won't go through all the numbers, but it's bottom seven in opponent rush uh, play percentage, opponent rushing yards, opponent rushes per game, and opponent yards per game uh, in totality as well. So it should be a big game, I think, for uh, for DeAndre Swift. I also like his rushing yards as well. I just, I, I, went, I went a little more conservative with the attempts. He's not really splitting the back, that backfield a lot either, uh, but I do look for Philly to continue to be able to run the ball, establish it. Uh, 30, like I said, 36 times a game is a lot leading the league, and Swift should get a you know the bulk of those carries. So give me DeAndre Swift over his uh, 14 and a half rush attempts. Yeah, I mean, look, Swift has pretty much made himself the the featured back in that offense, right? I know they picked up Rashad Penny in the offseason, but he hasn't done anything 
Uh, he's done a penny, uh, we can say, for that Eagles rushing attack. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I think that DeAndre Swift is now that guy. I think that he has that, that breakout game. I was it on, on, I believe it was week two against the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, where he had a huge game uh, for the Eagles uh, offense. And, again, when we talk about this Eagles offense, it's we a lot of times we think it's almost run first, right, because just of the talent that they've had uh, in the backfield. So I think, yeah, DeAndre Swift definitely has, um, you know, uh, emerged himself, uh, I guess, uh, or um, become the number one back for the Eagles' uh, uh, rushing attack, I should say there. Rod, any thoughts on that? I know Gainwell supposed to be the thorn in his side, but he has not been the thorn in his side as much. And I think you're right. Yeah. This has now become DeAndre Swift's backfield. And and even, you know, their, their quarterback is not really digging into his totals as much as one would think. So, yeah, I, I like the attempts for sure. And again, if they're going to be playing from ahead, then they're going to run the ball even more. So I like that. All right. That is three player props each. Um, any more you guys want to give out? I mean, I had a handful that I like this week, but Chris, any more that you want to give out here that you do like? Yeah, just real quick. Just cause just since you offered, you know, uh, I got another under, uh, yeah. and it's, it's going to be Brees Hall, same game, opposite, uh, game script. When we look at defense, uh, Eagles only giving up 50 plus rushing yards. One time this season that actually came last week. Uh, to the Rams when they were in L.A., but I think that they kind of home back in and they are going to make Mr. Wilson beat them and, and not hand the ball, be able to hand the ball off to Brees Hall. Uh, the Eagles, have, they, they notoriously uh, you know, do that, where they take away what you like to do. They run the ball. You can't. You pass the ball, and, and they do a good job of stopping that as well. So I like Brees Hall. This number is uh, 56 and a half over on FanDuel, minus 114. He's coming off uh, a, a, a pretty big game last week, but it was against Denver. He, he ran for uh, 177 yards on 22 attempts. So with the number being all the way down to 56 and a half after coming off, a, you know, almost 180 yards, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a clear over. Uh, not so fast. I think, you know, with that defense being so bad, uh, you know, the, with that with that Denver defense being so bad, we're, he's in for a rude awakening if he thinks he's going to have any kind of success like that again. The Eagles defense – is a lot better than than the teams that they've faced in the last couple of weeks. Like I said, holding opponents just to 18 carries per game, which is the second fewest, uh, 61 rushing yards a game, which ranks number one. They're actually better than Detroit. And uh, the Jets are also rushing the ball the fifth, fifth fewest times per game with just 23 attempts. So I like uh, I like Brees Hall to go under his 56 and a half rushing yards as well. I think this one is going to be the numbers a, 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 a tad bit conservative on the underside, you know, so I think a lot of – and Rob, but I think a lot of people probably – thinking, well, he probably could get that, so I'm going to you know, stay off of that one. But I, if he finishes this game with 37 rushing yards, it would not surprise me at all. So give me Brees to go under his 56.5 rushing yards as well. I think, you know, you kind of go game by game with some of these player props. I think this is a sell, uh, sell high uh, spot for Brees Hall because we saw what he did last week against one of the worst rushing defenses uh, against the uh, Denver Broncos last week, and now you're going up against one of the best ones. So Maybe the books, I think that they probably just put in something into their little computer models and just spit out a number and maybe make a slight adjustment. But sometimes that adjustment just isn't enough, right? Just because you laid out the numbers of how great the Philadelphia Eagles rush defense has been this season. I know the the weakness for them, at least this season, has been that secondary where they've been dealing with injuries and, and things like that. But again, you're you're coming into this game, but also you look at a game script as well that if the if the 
Eagles are about to get out to another multiple uh, possession lead that Zach Wilson and that offense is going to have to throw the football, which I don't think they'll have that much success. And again, I think this is a big flat spot for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles this week after coming off the, the the emotional high win last week against you know the Denver Broncos where we saw the chatter what happened in the offseason about Sean Payton and, and Nathaniel Hackett and all that good stuff. So Or bats of it, whatever you want to call it in your mind. But yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. Rod, anything on Brees Hall? This Jets offense, still bad. This just in. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not going to get any better, I think, in this week, especially against a tough defense. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to get anything done against this team. Uh, so, yeah, give me the under there, too, as well. This tells you how bad this Denver Broncos defense is because the Jets were able to put up 31 on them. I know they had a, a defensive touchdown at the end there, but um, yeah, again, we just kind of goes back to how bad Denver is. I'll mention one more here, and also, also isn't under um, – when we talked about the Browns and the 49ers game, um, I'm looking at Mari Cooper to go under on his receiving yards uh, here for this game. And again, we talk about um, number one, PJ Walker. I think his, uh, or sorry, his uh, passing yards numbers at 166, if I'm not mistaken. But I just don't think we talked about it. I'm not going to regurgitate everything that they're going to have a lot of success whether it's rushing the football or throwing the football in this game. And then that number is at 41 and a half for a reason. Weather is going to be a factor here. Um, and when we talk about Amari Cooper, he's just a guy that does not excel when it's bad weather, whether it's raining, whether it's windy, whether it's cold, whatever the case might be. He needs that sun to be shining uh, for him to rack up the yards there. And I kind of went back, and I should have wrote this down, but I went back and looked at some of the games where weather has been a factor for Amari Cooper. And I think if you go back to the week one, we saw that he wasn't able to have the greatest performance. I know it was week one, maybe Deshaun Watson, first game of the season. But I think the weather is really going to be a factor in this game. I, I just don't, again, I'm agree with, I think Rod mentioned that uh, mentioned with PJ Walker. I don't think that this Browns offense is going to have a lot of success this week. So I would take a look at a plenty of unders in that game. Um, uh, whether it's for Browns players or, or, or just taking the full game under if you're, uh, again, betting totals or anything like that. Uh, Rod, did you have anything else you want to throw out there before we get to touchdown props? You know, if you want to make a, a donation, this one's intriguing to me. This one's <laughs> uh, this one's on DraftKings. It's one of those fresh from the field ones. Tyreek Hill, 180 or more receiving yards. This is at eight to one. I mean, it almost feels. I know it's a trap, and I know it's it's one of those silly bets that you make that you're like, oh, okay, if it doesn't cash, whatever. But Tyreek Hill's cashed this bet a couple of times this season already. He cashed it last week against the uh, against the Giants, and he's Tyreek Hill. Who's to say he can't do it again? This Panthers uh, passing defense is not really the greatest in the world. Um, they are giving up, uh, what is it, 128 uh, average yards, but I mean, look, this is Tyreek Hill. I feel like any, any stats that you can throw against anybody doesn't count when it counts to Tyreek Hill because this Miami offense has just been it's just been explosive for lack of a better word. I mean, it's, it really has, it's just been one of those eye opening experiences as a football fan to watch this offense go at it the way they have been. And nobody's been slowing them down. It doesn't even matter which defense are facing. Nobody's been slowing them down. So I feel like this could be a situation where uh, Tyreek Hill goes off again for another second week. Uh, And, and, if he goes off for 181 yards, then you're eight to one richer than you were when you didn't. So, I mean, you don't have to go heavy on this one, but I think it's a fun sprinkle and a fun way for you to get involved a little more in that Tyreek Hill receiving game. You could take Tyreek Hill 
three or four catches to get over this number just because he's that type of dynamic wide receiver. I mean, we saw DJ Moore do it in five, four, four or five catches last week against the commanders, but I know we're talking about the Panthers here, but I mean, he's just that type of uh, player. Like you get the ball to Tyreek Hill. There's nobody five yards within him to tackle him. He he's taking it to the house. So, I mean, at eight to one, I mean, there's not much of an argument to be made there uh, for, uh, for that bet there. All right, guys, let's get into our touchdown score bets uh, for this uh, NFL week six. Roddy, when least off, who do you think finds the end zone this week? I think uh, Raheem Mostert's going to find the end zone and so do the books. So I think he's going to find it twice against this Panthers team. We're going to go to, we're talking about this prolific Miami offense, right? And how well they've done so far this season. So if uh, he, him to get in the end zone twice is at plus three twenty five. So, again, that's why I like it better because his anytime is obviously definitely uh, not a number you want to touch because he's done it, right? They know he's going to get in the end zone because he's done it uh, just about every single game that he's been in. He's only not scored in one game this season on the ground. He's had touchdown, uh, multiple touchdowns twice this season, three against Denver, two against New England. Um, but what's more compelling to me is the fact that uh, Tyler Algier found the end zone twice against this Panthers defense. Tony Jones found the uh, uh, the end zone twice against this uh, Panthers defense. Kenneth Walker found this end zone twice against the Panthers. And then uh, now only one time each did Montgomery and, and Craig Reynolds get in the end zone against the Panthers. But there was still two touchdowns on the ground scored against the Panthers, against the Lions. It's been done. It's been done multiple times. And if you're telling me that Raheem Mostert uh, is going to get a chance to score twice on this Panthers defense, I'll tell you absolutely. And at plus 325, you definitely take that. Yeah, can't argue against. I mean, what he's like a minus one ninety uh, just for any time touchdown for one touchdown. So yep. this is kind of tell you where the books are thinking about um, at least him finding the end zone this week. Uh, Chris, touchdown scores this week, man. What do you got? I got uh, I got two that I really okay. like. First one is uh, <clears throat> is Kenneth Walker. I talked about I that Joe Burrow. As well. you, you got that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of a no brainer. We know how bad Cincinnati rush defense is, and they're gonna have to be able to score the ball. Seattle, that that is, uh, and I think they'll be able to find success. You know, if it's it's not anything that you know, we, we can go through the numbers. Cincinnati allowing five point three yards per rush, which is the last in the league. Well, uh, third worst in the league. 154 yards per game as well on the ground is what they're giving up, which is second worst. So I think Kenneth Kenneth Walker should be able to find uh, the end zone. I also like uh, Brandon Ayuk. I think I think he might be a, a sleeper one, but I like Ayuk a lot this week just because the Cle- Cleveland defense is really good against the rush, and it's going to be a low scoring game. And and Purdy is looking Purdy, man. He just stands back there, he finds his guys, he goes through his progressions, and I think Ayuk might have had three or four catches on the first drive. Uh, in, in that debacle of a game that was supposed to be set up as a three-point spread against the Dallas Cowgirls last week. But, uh, you know, that's a, another story for a different day. So I like I like Ayuk to be able to uh, get in the end zone. Uh, you know, maybe they they slow down CMC because it'll be the best rush defense that they that he faced so far. But Ayuk should be able to find the end zone. I think he does this week. You know, So so give me Kenneth Walker and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, love it, man. I'm also on uh, Kenneth Walker here again. For, I'm not going to regurgitate everything that Chris just mentioned, but it, again, it just makes too much sense uh, not to uh, play him. I was trying to find um, Alvin Kamara to find the end zone. Let me see if I can find real, it. Real here. quick, real quickly, you know, while you're looking at that, uh, yeah. odds for that. So Kenneth Gainwell is uh, plus 115. 
And uh, Brandon Ayuk is uh, actually plus 220. So I love that, especially in a low-scoring game. Somebody has to score the ball, and I do think it'll be for the the 49ers and not the the either the Cleveland team. So, so give me give me those guys that uh, I like the plus money you can get. Not not the plus money that Rod always gets, but you know it, it's plus money. You know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Alvin Kamara is a minus favorite, and it just kind of tells you why because the Texans have allowed um, seventy two point three percent, seventy two seventy two point seven three percent of opposing rushing touchdown percentage. So that kind of tells you when it gets down to the end zone, guys are, I guess say running backs of opposing teams are finding the end zone uh, against the Houston Texans. They're ranked dead last. Um, and the kind of, kind of put in perspective, the second worst team is at 60% and which is the LA Rams. So there's a 12% uh, percent difference between the Texans and the Rams and, and, between second and third, which is the Colts, it's only about a 1.67 difference. So that's how telling you how bad this uh, Texans rush defense is, especially in the red zone. And when we talk about Alvin Kamara, uh, he's, not, he's a guy that can obviously get it done running the ball out of the backfield, but also catching the football right, right? Because he's that type of uh, running back um, for the Saints. But I'll take it a step further and take his two touchdowns. I mean, Fran was finally in the zone twice. You get that 5 to 1 currently over on FanDuel. Uh, and if you want to get really frisky with it, uh, three touchdowns uh, for him in this game, 31 to one uh, in that game. Um, I'm going to go back to the game that I think we're, or at least I'm expecting to see points in uh, between the Bears and the Vikings. Um, I'm going to go, I like Dante Foreman. He's going to be the feature back this week for the Chicago Bears. Your top two guys are going to be out. Uh, this week, we saw the news about Khalil Herbert. I think Roshan Johnson it was did not practice as of Thursday as well. So that kind of tells you that it's going to be the Dante Foreman uh, show for the Chicago Bears backfield. And I think that he's going to seize this opportunity. So for him at plus 135 to find the end zone, I, I really do like that uh, against uh, the Minnesota Vikings and that rush defense. So uh, Dante Foreman, oh, uh, anytime touchdown, plus 135. All right, guys, let's wrap it up strong here with our best bets before we get out of here. Rod, lead us off. I'm going to go with KJ Osborne. I, I do think that the 60 yards is definitely well within his reach. I think this could be a 75, maybe an 80 yard game. Um, again, it's really only now down to Addison, Hawkinson and him uh, on this receiving course. So uh, and I know that Hawkinson's a tight end, but uh, yeah, I think plus 225 for him to get 60 yards. That's pretty much a steal. Get it before the books adjust it. All right, uh, Chris, best bet. Man, this one feels it feels bad giving out a best bet today, you know, because I, I feel like I'm overconfident and that that's never a good thing. I want to give out all of them as a best bet, but let's go, let's go, Joe. Let's go, smoking Joe. Joe Barrow, uh, let's go, his passing yards 272 and a half. That, that number is 275 on some books. Just take the over. If he doesn't finish with uh, 300 yards, it'll it'll be a shame on him, uh, given the, the situation that he's in this week. I Thoroughly expect him to finish with 325 to 350 uh, passing yards in this game. So give me give me Joe uh, passing yards over 272 and a half or whatever number you can get it at. Love it. Um, all right. For my best bet, I am going to go with uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, longest completion over 34 and a half yards. And, you know, I rattled off the numbers uh, of what the commander secondary has given up over the last four weeks. 
um, as far as long completions. And I know, you know, Chris also mentioned when we were talking about Desmond Ritter that over the last two weeks, he's had long completions of 32 and 34 yards. So, oh, sorry, uh, 32 and 33 yards. So maybe the playbook is opening up a little bit for Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think this is another opportunity going up against a team that, um, again, we talked about not very good in the secondary, the front, the front seven, especially those that defensive line. One of the uh, the best, if not the best, in the National Football League, but that that secondary is really going to have to be make significant improvements in the off season. But at, at this juncture of the season, I think you got to continue fading him and expect uh, Desmond Ritter and these uh, quarterbacks to continue getting those long completions against those uh, that that secondary. So, um, Desmond Ritter longest completion over thirty four and a half passing yards as my best bet for NFL Week Six. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for NFL Week 6 player props and our touchdown scores. Rod, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here, my man? I'm just excited for this week. And, uh, of course, you can follow me on X at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. F1's got a week off, but we'll be back again next week. My props on SBR are doing much better than uh, than my props for this. So maybe I need to rethink my process. But uh, I went two for three last night, uh, three for uh, let's see, four for six overall uh, on the night. So uh, better over there. So follow me on X so you can get those ones as well. And then, of course, if you're on Blue Sky, hit me there at RJ Gomez as well. Love it. Uh, Chris, anything else, my friend? Nah, man, like Ross said, just excited for uh, that we got Thursday out the way because we, we got some really good matchups and I think some really good games this week. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all I got, man. Definitely check out my work over on X at Crispy Capping, two P's, two N's. Best of luck to everyone and all the action that they have this weekend. Yep. Uh, hopefully it's another profitable week for us here on the PropCast. We'll be back next Thursday night, as usual, to get our player props for Thursday night football. Uh, hopefully, again, like we mentioned, we found some more winners this week uh, on the PropCast for our player props. And hopefully, guys, that will find the end zone for us as well. So, again, like I mentioned, if you haven't already subscribed uh, to the PropCast on your respective podcast players, whether that's Spotify, whether it's Apple, wherever you may listen to your podcast. If you haven't already subscribed also to the NFL Gambling Podcast uh, for our YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that. You'll see us live there uh, usually or every week uh, for Thursday Night Football Player Props and our Sunday Player Props as well. You can follow me on X, that's at SportsNerd824. Good luck this weekend. Let's break these books off and let it ride.